He's got connections. From actors and athletes to comedians and world-class musicians. Andy Hall. His contact list is jam-packed with some of the most recognizable names in entertainment. Andy Hall's giving Laser Hellraisers his plus one. An exclusive conversation you won't hear anywhere else. On today's edition of Hall Access. I'm honored to welcome one of the greatest guitarists of all time. Joining me via the Laser Hotline, it's Slash. Hey, Slash, how are you? Andy, what's happening? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's great to hear from you again with a new Conspirators album on the horizon. Yeah, man, it's exciting. We're, we're finally getting this record out. We recorded it last April, so it's been a long time sitting around waiting for it to come out. Had to do a double take earlier in realizing it's been nearly 10 years now since the release of Apocalyptic Love. I know. Man. I know. I did the same thing. Like, literally... I became aware that it's been 10 years, like maybe a month and a half ago, and I couldn't believe that that much time has gone by. Considering, I mean, this is far from your only creative venture. That's a pretty big deal to have made it a decade and four albums with Miles, Todd, and Brent, you know? Yeah, you know, I think it's a testament to the fact that we put out a record, and then we would tour, and then put out a record, and then tour, and that's all we did, and it just went by blazingly fast. Speaking of four, the first album of yours that's named by number, was there any specific reason that there wasn't a two or a three, but there is a four? Yeah. <laughs> well, basically, um, you know, like, it, it, when, you, when, you, when you get to a fourth record, it's a pretty significant milestone, right? But the real reason behind it was I didn't want to give any reference to 2020. There was any title I came up with, was going to, in some way, shape, or form, was going to have some sort of reference to the year that everybody just went through that was just so tumultuous and miserable. So rather than go there at all, I just said, let's just completely avoid that and just do something simple. And so for being, it being the fourth record, I thought was actually sort of cool. And uh, and also reminded people that we had three other records. Absolutely. Well, there so you go. That's the one song. <laughs> <laughs> that's smart. Have you have you typically been involved in naming songs and or albums throughout your career? Um. Yeah. You know, like let's see. Uh, with with definitely with the conspirators, I named the last three records. Um. I, I, well, Apocalyptic Love was the name of the song, so that's Miles. But Live in the Dream and and World on Fire. Uh, you know, all things considered, Well of Fire was one of one of Miles' songs, and I thought it would make a great album title. So that kind of thing. We sort of, as a group, you know, go over it. When I, when I said I wanted to call it four, you know, I checked with those guys first to see what they thought about it. The very first release on the new Gibson record label, which is really cool considering I'm not sure many guitarists are as synonymous with a brand as you are with Gibson, and specifically those legendary Les Pauls that you play. Right. Um, I, I've had a relationship, a really tight relationship with Gibson for, believe it or not, man, it's been going on 30 years. Wow. Um, and uh, uh, been through all kinds of ups and downs and this and that with those guys. And, and it's just been, it's been great, you know. And obviously, Les Paul is, is my guitar of choice, so it's a good, good company to be in. <laughs> for sure. But uh, when, I was, when I was getting ready to do this record, I got a, a call saying that Gibson was going to start a label and be interested in maybe having this record be their first release. And I was like, wow, you know, because I didn't know that they were starting a label at that point. And uh, it just seemed like a no-brainer. And it has been great. And, and it's a great bunch of people, you know, I know them well, so I know what I'm getting in bed with. And uh, yeah, they've been doing a great job. 
Hall Access. Today's special guest, the one, the only, Slash. Looking forward to tomorrow and the release of a new album from Slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. Four is the name of the new album that comes out tomorrow. The process of making this album, from what I've heard, a unique experience compared to anything you've ever created, both in terms of the writing and how you chose to record it. Let us into that room with you and the guys. How was this one different, and what will we hear on the album that makes it a first of its kind for you? Well, I mean, um, let's see. I, it, it, we recorded the record with Dave Cobb, so it was the first time I've ever done anything with Dave. Um, and we, he and I, from the onset, agreed that we were going to do it live off the floor, you know, and amps in the room and just, you know, like we were playing in a club or something. And, uh, and that, was, that was a big deal. And we we're going to do it uh, at his, the place that he works out of, which is Nashville uh, uh, RCA Studio A. So, so, you know, we went down there, set up, and then we just, you know, we did a very loose couple weeks of pre-production and went down to Nashville and set up in the studio, you know, a back line like we would at any, any live venue. And, uh, and then we just jammed the song, get the arrangement together, and then just record it live off the floor. So everything you're listening to is what happened in the moment. And it was it's something that, that um, you know, I've always recorded live previous to this, all the way back, going back to the 80s. But I always used to redo the guitars because I hate headphones. So we would do the, the, the guitar as a dummy track, but keep everybody together to capture the energy of it. And then I would redo the guitars in, in front of like the big monitors and whatnot, just because it sounded more real than headphones. But what I've always wanted to do was set up the equipment in the studio, just like we just did, and do it that way. And no producer would let me do it until Dave Cobb came along. Anyway, so that was that was the, the big major difference from most of the records that I've done to date. I love Dave's work. And, you know, he, he's worked with Chris Stapleton and Whiskey Myers and Rival Sons, yeah, one of my favorite yeah. rock bands ever. So is that how you came to know Dave as well? Well, you know, I wasn't familiar with him. Um, I was given uh, a list of contemporary, you know, sort of rock and roll producers that, you know, and it was a very short list. But Dave was on there. And I looked up his discography, and that, yeah, you know, like in this day and age, country music has been popped. You know, it's been it's been gone through the pop filter, and it sounds like just about everything else in top forty. Yeah. But his stuff is remarkably raw and human and stripped down and real sounding. So I dug that. But then, as you mentioned, he also did Rival Sons, which is one of my favorite sounding rock and roll bands that's come out in a long time. And I didn't know who produced them. So when, when I found that out, I go, I got to talk to this guy. So we uh, got on the phone and we started talking about Glenn Johns, the engineer. I did all these great Zeppelin and Who and Stones and all these recordings from the late 60s and 70s. And uh, that, was, that was something he and I had in common. And we talked about recording live and I was like, this is the guy. And that was it. Wrapping up this edition of Hall Access with the one and only Slash, putting out a new album with Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators tomorrow, entitled Four. We were just talking about how unique the experience of writing and recording this one was, particularly once you reached the studio and made the decision with your producer, Dave Cobb, to record these tracks live. That's tough, man. I can't imagine, like, everybody's got to be on the exact same page and absolutely perfect, right? I mean, we're human. We make mistakes. Yeah, well, you know, like, we have one job, right? So we try to learn the song. <laughs> right. And play it, you know, and, uh, and you know, given, given, 
it's a, it's a really good band, so we can we can play a song pretty effectively. But being that it's live and it's rock and roll, there's going to be you know little things in there. But we just left them in there because that's that's it's real, you know. I'm leading to this by asking that because this release has been a long time coming, as you sort of alluded to. And mm-hmm. is that tough for you as an artist, letting something be when it's just sitting there begging for more tinkering and perfecting? I did not. I've not listened to it once until. Uh, about a week, a week and a half ago, I started listening to it. We we're putting the set together to go out and do this tour. Um, but prior to that, knowing that the record wasn't coming out to February, after it was mastered, you know, I've lived with the record long enough. I know what's on there, and I just didn't listen to it. Wow. Because otherwise you will. You'll just automatically start messing with stuff. Absolutely. I mentioned it's been 10 years since the Conspirators' debut album came out, and I'll never forget having you guys play our LaserFest show a few days before the release of Apocalyptic Love back in May of 2012, a great memory for all of us that were in attendance that day. Um, I had to remind myself, though, the genesis of your partnership with Miles actually started a couple years earlier on your self-titled album. What led you to that decision? Chemistry, availability, maybe both? Well, I mean, okay, so when I did that solo record, it was just this project that I had, you know, that, that I wanted to do where I worked with all these different singers. And it was a one-off kind of a thing. And, and when I'd finished the record, I still had two songs left over that I'd never figured out who should sing them. And I remember Miles Kennedy was brought up during the Velvet Revolver days, and everybody really spoke highly of him. And I hadn't heard him sing yet, but I just took a shot in the dark and I called him up and told him I was making this record with all these different vocalists, and would he be into singing a couple songs or singing a song? And he said, yeah. And so I sent him, I sent him a demo, uh, an instrumental demo, and he sent it back with a vocal on it about two weeks later or a week later. And it was amazing. I was blown away. And I was working with Eric Valentine at the time. He was producing, and I played it for him. I said, is it just me, or is this f***ing brilliant? Hmm. And he was like, yeah, let's get this guy in here. So Miles came down to L.A., and we recorded the song called Starlight. And that was the first thing we did. And he and I hit it off really well. And it just like, even though it was long distance, the songwriting chemistry seemed to be there. So we did another song, and it was called Back From Cali. And at that point, I asked him, hey, you want to sing on this tour that I'm going to put together? Which I had no idea what I was doing, but I knew I had to do a tour. I didn't have a band or anything. <laughs> so he, he said, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll sing on it on the tour and and so i went out and auditioned drummers and i met brent fitz and he introduced me to todd kearns and that's how it all started but yeah there was an automatic chemistry with miles and i from the very get-go and with with todd and brent too it was almost like this really sort of magical moment that this all came together yeah and there doesn't seem to have to be a shelf life to something like this either which is great so um slash before i let you go real quick the new album is for a big tour on the horizon anything else on tap for you in 2022 um well there's this tour and then uh the guns roses is going out starting and doing international tours to make up for stuff that we canceled in 2020 so that's going to go all the way through the end of the year, and then I'm going to do international touring with the Conspirators in the very early 2023 and on. And then, uh, yeah, so everything's really focused on trying to get things back into gear, you know, because everything was so uh, askew there during this whole pandemic thing. Yeah, for sure. Pent-up energy, time to get it out. I know we're just as excited as you are to get to see some live music again, no doubt about it. 
Yeah, so I'm I'm excited and, and uh, happy to be getting out there and getting the let out, so to speak. No question. <laughs> Slash, it's always a pleasure to have you, my man. It's an honor to share the airwaves with you, and uh, congrats on the new album, and uh, look forward to seeing you out on the road. All right, man. Thanks, Andy. I'll talk to you at some point soon, yeah? Yes, definitely going to hit at least one of those upcoming tour dates, and uh, perhaps we will cross paths. Thank you again so much for your time, Slash. It's been an honor, as always.